When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi there and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is a fantasy football scout weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we'll look back at the game week we've just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Sam from the FPL family. Let's Scout the Game Week. This week, I am joined by somebody with three top 10k finishes to their name, host of the Burning Questions video, which goes out on the FS Scout YouTube channel every single week. Somebody that I must admit, I listen to a lot now um since he's come into my life this season Praz it's so great to have you on how are things with you it's so great to be on so thank you first for having me on here uh, it's obviously something I listen to it's it's the Monday pod right uh, something you listen to on your way back from work uh, so it's a pleasure to be on and uh, yeah uh, you know very excited I've uh, I was telling you just before this as well that uh, when when you first uh, reached out and said if you are going to be on, I was having a flyer, right? I was game week twenty six wild card, red uh, green arrow, green arrow, green arrow, and then obviously the week I've come here, I've had a terrible one, and I'll talk about it. But uh, you know, before we do that, uh, just thanking you for being here. Oh no, thank you for coming. I mean, I must admit, it's um one of the things that I love about hosting this podcast is getting to have some such different and diverse people on. Um, last week I had um FPL Rabbi on, the week before I had Sonaldo on, and it's really lovely because I get to speak to people from all across the world who are doing very different strategies, particularly with chips at the moment, who are, you know, some have used all their chips already, some just with a free hit left, some a bit like myself in kind of wildcard chaos at the moment while I'm trying to work out what I'm doing over this international break so it's always really lovely to have different people on and different voices and you know you've had an amazing season in terms of your your content creating it's kind of gone from zero to 100 hasn't it so it must be a bit crazy for you I suppose this season too it it has and and you know a lot of people have mentioned this content creator bias or you know that the curse of the content creator <laughs> i've actually felt the reason i got into it is um I, you know i do a lot of homework and and it's you know i'm obsessive and i've played for 10 years i usually have my excel spread out uh, spreadsheet out my my chip strategy and you know at at some point i was like i can just talk about this stuff so i don't have to do this extra uh, I'll just talk about what I do research for myself for that particular game week. And that's how burning questions came about, where we just basically, I, I tell Andy, look, these are the things that I'm going to be researching this week. Let's just talk about them. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's it's been very good so far. Uh, it's, it's part of, I've not seen it as additional work uh, from that regard. And, you know, doing it with Sonaldo, Andy is, has been great as well, because I think uh, we, we balance each other out very well. I mean, he's got exceptional eye test he he looks at tactics formation and I'm just a nerd for fixtures and you know how can we plan this the best that we can so it's been great and I think that's the best of both worlds really isn't it as as FPL managers go because for me I am well historically I always was very much an eye test manager I would always kind of spend my time just watching football matches and looking at players and going with my gut feel the last few seasons I've kind of tried to 
use the the members area a bit more and and really hone in and I think since I've been writing articles for both Fantasy Football Scout and of course Fantasy Football Community website as well it, it really does kind of give you another current to your game and if you can bring both of those aspects together and make them gel and that's the hard thing is making the stats and the eye test gel because sometimes you know you look at the player and you think the underlying stats are there but my goodness they are not passing the eye test and what should I trust and it's making those correct calls that's really difficult sometimes yeah the king and dennis conundrum oh for uh, sure early season (laughs) (laughs) definitely I was on the wrong side of that one as well been on the wrong side of so many this season but let's start by looking at game week 30 it had pretty much everything didn't it it's had multiple injuries covid cases everywhere it's had just those four games in those games we've had a red card to a player i own by the way so that was lovely um it's had benchings for key players that we were hoping would play and there's been a couple of you know own goals in there too and and results that just haven't really necessarily gone the way we've planned so you've already suggested the game week 30 hasn't exactly gone the way you were hoping so get it off your chest let's hear about it well, uh, you know, I, I was a 26 wildcarder. So basically the, the whole aspect of 26 was that it lets you kind of swimmingly go through this very complex period of 26 to 30. And, and <laughs> yeah. obviously the last of it was game week 30. So I had in my team, uh, Dean, who obviously missed out from the previous game week. So he wasn't available. Uh, I had in my team Ramsdale, who's obviously Mr. Dependable, who suddenly decided not to show up. I had Rafinha, um, mm-hmm. who, again, you know, we, we all heard the last minute rumors and I was just one of those where I decided let's just keep him because I'll, I might need him 31, 32. And I had Martinelli as well, who looked exceptional. I was at, I was at the at, at the Emirates for the for the Arsenal Liverpool game uh, over the midweek last week, and I watched Martinelli. I was like, he's definitely playing. I'm not, you know, he's somebody I can rely on on game week 30. And all these guys were obviously no shows. Uh, so all I had was a measly 40 points. Uh, obviously lucky with the, with the soccer points and Kane did well, despite, you know, sun going mad as well. Mm. It meant a, I think I went from like 2.6 K to 4.3 K. Now I can't complain. I'm, you know, overall from the season perspective, I'm in a good, good place, mm. but it was a disaster game week. How was yours? Oh, uh, I mean, it was better than yours, but only just. Right. Um, I Like you, I had issues. I had Ramsdale, who then didn't play. I had Luca Dean, who didn't play. I had um, Rafina, who, who didn't play. Right. I had Ericsson, who was part of my transfers in this week, who didn't play. I had right. Jimenez, who got sent off. And I, at one point on Friday evening, the game finished, and I said, and I'd taken a minus four this week as well with him and as then on a minus two and I was like I mean where do you even go where you're sitting on minus six after the first game it was just one of those one of those weeks but I did have I did have some saving graces in there so as you mentioned I also had Saka and then I had both Sun and Kane so having both Sun and Kane finally (laughs) paid off I mean I'd had I'd had Sun since Salah went to the African Cup of Nations. And, and as a result of that, I hadn't had Kane. And that was a difficult, very, as Harry Kane's number one fan, not owning Harry Kane over the last few weeks has been incredibly painful. But at the same time, from a Spurs perspective, you know, at least he's been, at least he's been bringing his person points. So from, from yeah. that view, it was okay. But it was really lovely actually to own both of them this week. I took a very, very big sigh of relief because ended up on 53, which 
actually it was still a red arrow but it was a tiny i mean it was basically a gray arrow it was you know like right. one one k or something so from where the position i was in it was like that that's fine i'll 100 percent take that particularly as actually that week i only i only had Doherty, son ramsey saka jimenez and kane playing so when you've just got six you're kind of like well we just you take it we just do what we can yeah and if we can get through it with a with a minor red that's absolutely fine but yeah it was one of those game weeks wasn't it where well i'm not sure i mean what do you think how much can we actually learn from it because there was so few players playing that are the normal fpl assets that we would want there were so few teams that we would normally invest in yeah. normally we spend the first section of scout the game we're going you know who really impressed us in this game we what can we learn from it actually i think the question this week is is there anything we can learn from it or is it one of those game weeks where we just have to go do you know what it just existed let's leave it in the past and move on I think I think it's a mix of both. Um, one, th- there's a, there's a, about half the teams here that we'll never see them or hear of them again. And I put in that Wolves, Leeds, maybe Villa. Villa have a double or a couple of doubles coming, so maybe they'll come back. But Wolves and Leeds, people are just you know done. Mm. And then you have the other side of it where I think Spurs and Arsenal will continue to be, I guess, the backbone of a lot of teams. Now, obviously, those not on wildcard already are carrying about six of them, uh, so they'll continue for the rest of the season. And then you have ones like Leicester, where this was almost like an audition because a lot of us were owning Leicester players for the first time or some of them were evaluating them. I mean, I didn't know, for example, how terrible they've been defensively overall, but how how much injury issues they've had in defense and how much of a minefield that is if you had to pick the right Leicester defender. Yeah. Uh, and then obviously the Barnes versus Madison debate on, on who's the better pick. So. I think there's still a little bit of what we can learn from this game week, but I do agree that that Wolves performance at the Leeds performance is just one that you take and move on and never look at those players again. Well, that's the thing I think I've learned from this week is that, you know, I, I hit my wildcard literally as soon as the game had reloaded after the deadline had passed. And, and even when I was looking at it, I was thinking, I can't see myself keeping players like Rafina, even as at that point when, you know, we hadn't had, firm confirmation that that he was going to play I knew I was going to play my wild card um and then obviously the Jimenez red card I was like well that is the end of you and me now for sure on wild card because he was one of those players that actually I was kind of like well at his price point maybe he does stick around as part of the wild card because there's not that many forwards in that position that are really exciting in the game right now so maybe I do hold him obviously the white the red card has, has definitely put pay to that one but you know, there are, I think I think there are teams like myself with with Leeds and Wolves where I'm I'm like right, that's the end of that chapter, and and now we look look elsewhere. That I mean, that's part of the reason I went Ericsson this week is because I was sort of dead ending my team into a wild card, and I was thinking the Leicester defence have been so bad, and particularly from set pieces, like he could have had a hatful in that game, and I was kind of confident that picking a 0.3 percent differential in somebody like Christian Ericsson, who's got that FPL pedigree and Premier League pedigree from, from his time at Spurs could have just been, I was like that, maybe that's the sort of transfer I need to make to just give myself a bit of, a bit of a big green arrow. And instead I should have done the boring thing and just got Harvey Barnes, which was the other player that I was kind of looking at, but Hey, you know, we live and we learn. And, and actually on my first picks of the wild card, Harvey Barnes has come in instead because I was, I was impressed by him. So I think, you know, you're right. We can learn a bit about Leicester. We've already learned quite a lot about Spurs be interested to get your thoughts actually on how to own three spurs because i own a defender hmm, in, in doxy i'm not 
even me as a as a very very biased Spurs fan was not keen to own Doherty when I bought him in and I bought him in it's not exactly gone brilliantly for the last couple of weeks so he will be one that won't stick around I don't think as part of the wildcard because I, I much prefer the three forward players if you can budget for them now that's the difficulty is keeping Sun and having Kane and then Kulu's easy enough to get but what do you think about the Spurs defence are you are you still could they still be a good option or, or not um I'm I'm a little lukewarm. So I mean, when when they had the doubles, you just go there because you you have a couple of shots at you know a clean sheet. Mm. But I think if you look at if we look at thirty one to thirty eight as as one block, and we ignore doubles and everything else, I think we're entering a period where Chelsea, Liverpool, and City we are are basically the teams to target because they have mm. at least for the moment something to play for. They have the best fixtures and they have upcoming doubles. So. And, you know, from these teams, the players to target are the defenders. I mean, it's just a weird season this way, right? I mean, there's no strikers from Liverpool, Chelsea or City. I mean, imagine that. There's no striker to pick from these teams. No. In the midfielders, you know, struggling to look for a midfielder from Chelsea, maybe Havertz, maybe Mount, then City with the rotation. And then now we don't even have a Jota. So <laughs> apart from Salah, you're basically looking at Cancelo, James, Rudiger, um, Trent Robbo as as the guys who are dependable who'll be in the clean sheets and the attacking returns. I mean Rudiger less so. So then that just leaves no room for a defender. Even mm. though it, I mean I think Doherty has been good. He's he's probably nailed down that position. I mean you'll know that uh, better than me. But he's he's playing really well. But they're just defensively just okay. And that's you know we can do better if we had a clean slate and we were wildcarding. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, a few weeks ago, it was all, let's go big in the middle and let's save as much money as we can up top. And now let's, you know, get the key defenders in. But there's also enough budget defenders that we can kind of make this work. Now we're seeing the resurgence of the wingbacks again. You, you know, if Trent is back and fit and available, then Trent and Robertson as a double up looks good. You, you know, as you've said, Cancelo, I think, looks like an absolute must have with the way that the, the Man City fixtures are going forward. And his role in the team, the way that he plays, he could get clean sheets and attacking returns every week between now and the end of the season. So I wouldn't want to be going without him. And then, of course, there's Reese James. Now, if he's fit and available again, goodness, I don't want to be without him either because he is so painful to not own. It's it's absolutely hellish when you don't have Reese James in your team and he goes off. So at that stage, you know, I'm looking at a back five in my team that's like a lot of budget. So then you're having to make sacrifices elsewhere, which has made me kind of look towards two budget midfielder options. And then it's made me have an also look at a, a really, really budget. Like I'm, I'm currently looking at Hernandez at, at Watford because it's even cheaper than Broyer and it's saving me at that extra bit of money. And you kind of think to yourself, Sam, you've already been bitten once by the Josh King thing. Why on earth? Are you going back to Watford again? Do you need this punishment in your lives? But the defenders are such a popular choice that it's very hard to look at anybody that isn't a real premium defender right now. Absolutely. And that that basically comes to your original question on Sun, Sun and Kane. And I think that's basically going to be the issue that if you can either decide to have Sun and Kane or and forgive uh, forgo the premium defence or basically forgo Sun or a Kane, uh, and and get that premium defense. I mean, as that those are just wildcard musings that people will have to cross uh, when they when they get to it. Mm, and I must admit, that is a difficulty I was having. So my full intention this time around was to downgrade Sun as part of my wildcard. And then, of course, Sun 
did what Son did against West Ham on Sunday. And it, and it reminded me all too well of what he can do. You know, the last few weeks, the underlying stats have actually been quite decent for him, but he hasn't passed the eye test in those games. So in my head, I was thinking, yeah, we know it's some, we know there's going to be a haul coming. I had a feeling it might be against West Ham. I really wasn't keen to, to sell him as I was telling Az in the Q&A last week, but and he wasn't going anywhere as part of my team. He was a playing player for this week, so I wasn't getting rid. But a lot of people were looking at selling Son, and I think it's very hard now on the back of what he did to, to take him out. But there, there are going to be sacrifices that you have to make, and, and, and then maybe that is the biggest compromise of them all, but it's potentially one of the better ones because for the price of him, you can have a couple of really nice defenders in there. So tough. It's a tough balance in that for sure. Yeah, I mean, those not on wildcard and maybe are on Sun and Kane, I think they'll just hold off uh, selling him because yeah. you, you you don't need that premium defense. I You know, 32, for example, Liverpool plays City. So maybe you can avoid it. Um, maybe you can avoid going Cancelo for a couple of weeks. But I think if you're looking at it for the long game, um, I, I'm with you. I think premium defense probably outweighs. And then there's, there's the Kulusevsky factor as well, right? I mean, if you want yeah. the third Spurs or the second Spurs, for example, the attacker. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's four, over four million cheaper than Sun, and, and over the course of well, since he arrived at the club, there's not a lot of difference in what they've done in terms of the the assists and the goals. So, from that perspective, yeah, absolutely, you can save point four. Point four gets you a hell of a long way towards a premium premium defender. So, those are the kind of compromises, and they're not huge compromises either. I think going from from Sun to Kulusevski between those two, it's it's very tight, and I think our FPL historic bias makes us want to go or makes me anyway want to go with Sun because I feel confident in owning Sun and Kane as a, as a partnership I love Kulisevsky I love everything he's brought to Spurs but there isn't there's not that reassuring comfort blanket of somebody that's been doing this for years and years and I know I can bank on to return me points between now and the end of the season but I think you know when I'm making those tough choices it, it's something that I'm going to have to really consider and ideally I would have liked all three of them but maybe the compromise is going to be owning Kane and having Kudusevsky instead of Son because that will enable that premium defence which I think between now and the end of the season we'll get some really really good returns. Agreed, agreed. I mean the only thing with Spurs to 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 uh, finish this topic is I mean they're a tricky one because they have got excellent fixtures for the run-in but they have the worst double in yeah. 36 so obviously we don't we know nothing is uh, final yet but it looks very likely that, that their double in 36 will be away to Liverpool and home to Arsenal now those are fine I mean I think home to Arsenal is fine but these are both good defenses where you'd expect you wouldn't be surprised if Spurs scored one or two uh, over that double mm. so you know spending all that budget on two attackers in that double game week may not work but then if you're on a free hit in 36, I think Spurs is, is a great place to go because then you can take them out for that tricky double, but then have them for those easy fixtures around that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that's sort of my intention. Um, let's also talk about the other important stuff that happened this weekend. So we didn't just have those four games in game week 30. We also had the FA Cup quarterfinals. So now we know we're going to get Palace and Chelsea playing each other and Manchester City and Liverpool playing each other a lot in the next couple of weeks because they'll have the semi-finals as well as their, their league game. Um, means that we now know for sure what double game week 33 is going to look like, which for me as a wild carder is really important, but just for non-wild carders as well, are people that are considering 
free hitting in and around game week 33 it's really helpful to have those fixtures now set in stone so it means that we're going to have Arsenal doubling they're going to have Southampton and Chelsea both away fixtures for them Brighton doubling away at Spurs and then away at Manchester City difficult double game week for Brighton I don't fancy that that very much although they are far better away from home than they are at home Uh, Burnley also doubling with West Ham and Southampton Leicester with Newcastle and Everton Manchester United with Norwich and Liverpool um, and then Newcastle with Leicester and Crystal Palace Southampton Arsenal and Burnley so we have what's that seven teams doubling but we also have three teams blanking in Aston Villa Leeds and Wolves now this is where that conversation that we had about game week 30 becomes so important because with Leeds and Wolves blanking, if like I'm not planning to, you're not going to free hit in game week 33, then selling Leeds and Wolves at this moment makes right. a lot of sense. And Aston Villa, they're a more difficult sell, I think. You know, Leeds and Wolves not exactly performing at their best at the moment, particularly with the Jimenez red card, very easy to sell him. Aston Villa, though, a lot of players are going to be doubled up probably because of the game weeks that they've had. They had a double, they were playing in 30. Coutinho has been on good form now as somebody that owns Luca Dean, easy enough to sell him, although we are expecting him to be back. Matt Cash though, also been performing really well, kind of a bit difficult to sell him. So what's your view on, on kind of these players? Is it a case of we should be getting rid of them straight away can we wait it out and get rid of them just ahead of game? Not so much for Leeds and Wolves, but for Aston Villa, is it, can they, can you keep them for the next couple and, and then get rid just before 33 or, you know, can we just bench them in 33? Yeah, I, I think, I think they're benchable um, in, in 30. So Villa, like you said, have been playing decent. I mean, mm-hmm. they were, Coutinho was pretty bad against Arsenal, at least I thought, uh, but Arsenal are, are a good defence. Um, they also moved, they, they keep sh- changing shape as well. So against Arsenal, they moved back to the Buendia. Uh, so basically Ings was benched. So that setup maybe I think hampers um, Coutinho a little bit and instead of the number 10. Yeah. To answer your question, I think they're just not, you know, defense is fine. But again, we talked about there are other better players that you can target for the defense for the future. Now I have to say there's a chance that Villa may double with Burnley in game week 34. Yeah. So if you have the ability to hold them and bench them for 33 or, you know, 31 is fine. I think they play Wolves away. This is, uh, Wolves are, I, th- I think, punching way above their weight. Particularly without Jimenez, right? Form. You know, Correct. they won't have Jimenez, so might be okay. So their underlying data is pretty bad, both from an attacking and defensive point of view. So I think they're playable. Uh, a lot of people have benching dilemmas in 31, probably, if, if they're, even if they're not on wildcard. Um, and, um, and then they have Spurs, which is tricky, and 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 then thirty three, obviously they're blank. Look, I think cash is fine if you if you've got value tied up and you want to keep him for the rest of the season. They do have two doubles coming up after thirty three, so it'll either be thirty four and thirty six or thirty six and thirty seven. So you may get some value out of it, but I wouldn't be playing cash over you know a second Chelsea defender, for example, if I had the choice. Mm. So that's where it becomes a little tricky. Yeah, I mean, I've quite enjoyed owning Jacob Ramsey over the last few yeah. weeks. He's been bringing good returns. I've owned him since he was 4.5 million. So I've got some value value invested right. in him. But as a wild carder, I'm kind of looking at my team thinking, if I want a bench boost, which is a strategy I think I want in game week 33, then I really don't want Jacob Ramsey in my team because I'm bench boosting a, a blanking player but I would quite like him back. So I think my current plan probably is to move him to Gordon 
at Everton, keep the low budget player. Then that gives me another double for game week 31. Also means I can bench boost in game week 33 and then bring Ramsey back in for Gordon post game week 33. Probably if they double in game week 34, then he could be my transfer in then, or I could maybe keep a little bit of budget and rather than having Ramsey, maybe go up to, to Coutinho instead. So I think it's just interesting, isn't it? To, to really think. And, and, and that's, Part of the reason why I held my wildcard all this time is that I've wanted this clarity as to where we're going. And we, although we've got clarity for game weeks 31 and 33, we still don't have it for the later doubles, but we're kind of getting to the point where we can go, it only really makes logical sense for these games to go into game week 36 or 37. So at that stage, we can kind of make some judgment. Hi everyone, just taking a break here to mention this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. That's a better H-E-L-P. We all know that everything that's going on in the world is putting a strain on all of us and reaching out to speak to someone is a good idea uh, if you are struggling. BetterHelp is an app that can help improve your mental health and you can match with your own licensed professional therapist within 48 hours. It provides a secure online platform for professional therapy who have a broad range of experience and this might not always be available locally to you. Uh, it lets you do this from your own home through video or phone sessions at times that suit you. You can even log into the app and send a message to your therapist 24-7 who will reply with a timely and thoughtful response. Note that it's also more affordable uh, than traditional offline therapy and there is financial aid available to you too. Uh, if you don't get on with your therapist, you can change therapists for free. Note this is a US app, but there are clients worldwide, over 2 million of them, uh, but do bear in mind of the time differences if you do decide to sign up. Uh, you can visit the website, which is betterhelp, betterhelp.com. Uh, you can check out the reviews, betterhelp.com forward slash reviews. Uh, there's people who've said that they love it because they hate going uh, places and they don't feel comfortable um, doing so, but they, they've they you know felt really good doing it through BetterHelp. Uh, other people have said that they're quick to respond to their messages, kind and understanding, and they feel comfortable opening up um, over the app without a fear of being judged. So if you like the sound of that, you can get 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp, betterhelp.com forward slash scouts. That gets you 10% off your first month and you can join all the people uh, that are using the app. Now, have your plans for game week 33 changed based upon what happened in the FA Cup? Because I know for me, I was thinking, right, trouble Liverpool, treble up on Manchester City or at least double up because it's very difficult with Pep to know exactly what he's going to do but at least go with a double up keep Cancelo get a, a midfielder as well obviously those doubles now and Chelsea as well in that category too right with them not doubling I'm now starting to kind of reassess my targets and, and look at the doublers and think could there be better options in there to get me through 33s is that the same for you same for me yeah uh, the, the, the thing is 33 seems like a very difficult game week. I mean, mm. for anyone, uh, if you're bench boosting, it's difficult. How do you strike the balance, like you said, between, uh, you know, getting the right bench players who you can carry later? For me, the issue is, do I use my one free hit in 33 or 36? Because mm. as of now, I have a single focus. I want to target, I want to plug back the holes that I had in my team, which is basically no city, not enough Chelsea, uh, and so my priority is to get these players and they don't double in 33. Yeah. Does that mean I free hit in 33? I haven't made up my mind yet, but what I'm conscious about is that, you know, you know, um, City play Brighton at home. 
Spurs play Brighton at home as well in 33. I mean, are you backing against those guys um, in even though they have a single versus some very unpredictable teams that have actually have doubles in 33, like Man United, um, Arsenal are fine. I think they're bankable, but Southampton, you don't know which Southampton is turning no. up. Um, Newcastle Everton, the same. Yeah. Newcastle the same. So it's a very tricky uh, game week, that one. And it may just turn out to be like game week 30, where if you free hit, you can really ride it out. Or it may actually be one of those where you may get negative points of a free hit. And I've been there. It's not a nice feeling where the average is above what you went on free hit. So it's a tricky one. I think we need to we need to work through what 33 looks like. It's tough, isn't it? Because, you know, originally my intention was to, to free hit in 31. That was uh, in 33. Sorry, that was my plan. Actually, the more I look at it, the more I think there's plenty of players in there that I would want to be invested in. So like Leicester, I want to invest in because the fixtures are nice anyway going forward. So I want to have players like Harvey Barnes. I absolutely love owning James Justin. I think he is one of my favourite FPL assets to own. Not yet, because I'm not seen enough from Leicester defensively, but I can see myself if he if he manages to keep going at 90 minutes and gets back into the kind of attacking threat that he had last time around, I can see myself wanting to go back there, which again throws back up the conversation we had earlier about the premium defenders. But they're two really nice fixtures for Leicester, going away to Newcastle, who are there or they're about safe now. Uh, And then Everton, who, well, goodness knows what kind of Everton we're going to get, because we never really know what Everton we're going to get. They were, oh, I mean, I thought they were actually terrible against Newcastle on Thursday night and somehow managed to win the game. And then they were dreadful in the FA Cup at the weekend. So I would suspect that we won't get the best Everton team in them that could make Leicester a good option you know as you've rightly said goodness knows with Manchester United I mean for me that's basically a single game week for them against Norwich because I don't see them getting a lot against Liverpool you know those games they can be fiery but I would bet on Liverpool completely agree with you as a a Man United fan I still have nightmares of that 5-0 and I captained Salah in that week because I knew that we're just not up for it We, we just can't compete it's really difficult. It's really difficult to know what Manchester United you get. I mean, I keep looking at Manchester United because it seems so alien to me that they've got a double game week coming up, but I haven't got anyone. And I don't know who I would go to because I don't trust any of the defenders. There's so many other better defenders out there that you could have. Um, and then I look at the midfield and I think, I don't want to spend on Ronaldo up top because I'd rather have Kane. So in the midfield, then you've got that kind of difficult price bracket where they all sit. And it's like, well, even with Sancho, do I do I favour him over some of the other? Like I could go for yeah. Kulisevsky at Spurs, who's performing way better and is and is cheaper. So it it's tough. And you know, I look at those doubling teams and think there's there's enough in there that I want to invest in, but there's not necessarily, but then there's some single game wickers who I really want to invest in. So for me to free hit doesn't make a lot of sense because I'm already going to have Spurs who I would want to be invested in for that game against Brighton because Spurs are so much better at home. So, you know, if I'm going to be investing in the likes of Spurs anyway, if I'm going to think that Liverpool are going to do well against Manchester United, sorry, then I want to keep my Liverpool assets in there and I wouldn't want to free hit them out. So, at that stage, I might as well bench boost and bench my single game weekers, allow them to have the points that come off the bench. I mean, I hate the bench boost chip. It's one of those chips that just, 
it frustrates me because I'll get 50 points on my bench one week and then I'll play my bench boost chip another week and I'll get three. Um, it's just, you can't odds it, can you? So I, I think I favour the bench boost, particularly on the back of a wild card in the way that I'm just doing. I'll be able to set my team up nicely for this as well as cater for the other game weeks that are coming because I know who's got nice fixtures and invest in them now knowing that I can bench but I can free hit in 36 37 whenever suits I'm not opposed to a 38 bench boost uh, free hit either I've done that once before in fact the best ever finish I had came in the season where I bench boosted uh, sorry where I free hitted in game week 38 really I think we did the same was it was it the David Silva yes. last game yeah, I had a terrible free hit. I free hit it as well, and I that went exactly the wrong way for me. But yeah, yeah. it was um yeah the David Silva and I had um it was the week where Trent missed out. He didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Salah I, as well. Yeah, or, or I, maybe not. But I, there were some last minute changes. Yeah, and I'd swapped him for Van Dyke, I think, who went mad, and it was just one oh, of those right. weeks where everything just kind of went. And I and I don't hate the free hit being left till the last minute because. You do, you know, you've got a few teams by that point where there's something to fight for. Like, you know, the European spots aren't quite up for grabs or the relegation battle's still on or you never know with this season, the title race might not be over. So at that point, then you can know which teams are going to be really investing, who's made it to the FA Cup final and therefore might rest some players ahead of that. If anyone's made it to Champions League final, may rest some players. It, it, I kind of like the idea of it. Plus... It has to happen. Like everyone plays at the same time. So, you know, it's that one deadline. You can just, you can get as much information as you can before it and go for it. So I'm not opposed to it, but I do think the more I look at it, the more I, I move away from free hitting in 33 and, and think, oh, that looks like a decent bench boost option um, for me anyway. I, I like I like the 33 bench boost. And, and I'll tell you why, a couple of reasons. Um, number one, I think in 36, uh, they're not enough cheap teams with good fixtures or we're predicting right now. And, and uh, you know, we, we're actually doing a chip strategy um, video on Wednesday. And uh, I, I actually think other than Palace, people will struggle to find assets that are bankable and benchable on a yeah. bench boost. The other issue is in 36, you'll have all the big teams. So you'll want to squeeze in De Bruyne, Kane and Sa- uh, Salah in a team which is going to basically kill the bench. So you yeah. won't have yeah. that budget to have a good bench. Now, if you were to free hit in 36, you can have a De Bruyne, Kane and Salah draft and the premium defense. You can just basically squeeze all your money in the 11 and the rotation isn't a problem because everyone has two fixtures. So fine, they miss one, they still play. So you, you basically won't need the bench. And then in 33, you have Newcastle with an amazing, or I mean, I say amazing, but it's a very good uh, double which is Leicester and Crystal Palace at home. And I think they're cheap assets, right? Their defenders are cheap. Um, Fraser is cheap. Um, Wood is cheap. So it's a very good double for somebody like that. Burnley are okay. I mean, West Ham and Southampton isn't the worst, but they're cheap. Um, so again, very bench boostable. Leicester, we've talked about, they're fine. Um, you know, the midfielders are still not that expensive. So, you know, I think I think 33 bench boost is is very doable. And if you can hit it off, then you're f- free of the shackles of bench boost, which I basically witnessed as well in 28. It just feels so good to get rid of it. I just like the idea of being able to free up that money from the bench. And, 
you know, have a decent, like you say, you know, there are some cheap options in there that you definitely can invest in, but then you can bring them right back down again. So in my head, I'm kind of thinking, oh, I could go Chris Wood for the next couple of weeks. As soon as game week 33 deadline passes, he can go. He can come yeah. right back down to, to Hernandez at Watford, for example. And, and by doing that, I then free up a load of money, which I can reinvest across the rest of my team because I really don't need three playing players on the bench by that point you know and you can have players like Brandon Williams back in then at that stage knowing they're 3.9 they can just sit there and and come on if is needed Um, and same with Jacob Ramsey because he's got doubles coming up he'll likely come back in and his price point perfect and I can have playing players on the bench but really super cheap options and and in having that it's it's ideal and and of course you'll always have a spare goalie because Foster's at that cheap point where you can go, you're perfect. You can just sit on my bench and I want to get to that moment. And I think if I hold my bench boost chip for 36, I'm never getting to that moment because I've always got to keep some money on the bench. So the quicker I get it done now, the better. And not only uh, you'll have money on the bench, your game week 34, 35 transfers will be focused on changing the Gordon to the Gordon Ramsay, I said. Uh, But, you know, (laughs) basically... It's it's working on those guys rather than upgrading your Kulichevsky to a Foden if you really wanted that double or, you know, yeah. it, those high upside moves are all lost if you're basically focused on the benching, fixing your bench for the bench boost. That's it. And I think, you know, for me anyway, going into game week 36, 37, whenever those doubles are that make me want to free hit, I'll then be at the point where I can go, okay, park my team because it looks really nice for the other game weeks that are left remaining in the season free hit these players in, like you say, really go for it, pack in those big hitters that you can't necessarily afford to have every week unless you wildcard them all in and take everybody else back down again. But no one's holding their wildcard for game week 36. So you're going to have to kind of make those moves work for you. So if I can do the bench boost now, take some downgrades, knowing that the free hit comes and I've got everyone in there, but my team is also looking strong to cover the other doubles as they just slot in between now and the end of the season. I think that's where I am. Let's have a quick look before I let you go at game week Mm -hmm. 31 then, because we've spent a lot of time talking about doubles and we've neglected double game week 31, which comes up next. Now, next week I will do um, another scout of the game week where we look in a little bit more detail at at game week 31. But whilst you're here, Praz, and ahead of the early um, international fixtures and, and everything else, let's get some early thoughts. Now it's Everton and Burnley that are doubling well we've all been there with Burnley a couple of times so far where we've invested for double game weeks and it hasn't exactly gone in the way that we were kind of hoping so should we be investing in Everton and Burnley is this just something that we should kind of ignore is happening or what's your view um, I think um, the one key lesson from this season is don't fall for the double game week trap. And I definitely think that's the case uh, because we've all come out of game week 30 with slightly bruised teams where we have some baggage, um, some players that we don't want, we just had for game week 30. I think this is the time to fix the team. And you're not fixing anyone by going Everton and, and Burnley. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying don't go for anyone uh, from those doubles. But for example, my plan transfer is uh, Dean and Jimenez to Weghorst and Cancelo. So I'm happy to go Weghorst simply because the strikers, there is nothing out there. And so I'm happy to take, uh, you know, ride the double with Weghorst. Then he has Norwich, then another double, then potentially another double in 34. So I'm happy to take seven fixtures in, in four game weeks. And that's basically my upside. But 
for people with two free transfers or wanting to take hits, I would definitely not recommend taking hits for Burnley players or Everton players. Both of them are looking very poor. Now, you can back, you know, if, if, if people have a Pope from the previous game weeks, you can back them uh, for the double if you wanted. I mean, Burnley's double isn't terrible, but I just think this is the time to fix the team and to, you know, get out of the mess that we've carried in the last four or five game weeks. Mm, I totally agree. I think, you know, as as somebody that's wildcarding, Veghorst is the one that's right at the top of my list. I think he will be the one that I'll have. I might, as mentioned before, simply because my strategy is going to be to bench boost in 33, I might end up with Anthony Gordon in there as well, just because he enables yeah. he, he enables me to get to 33 with a playing player on my bench rather than Jacob Ramsey, who won't play. But with a little bit of reshuffling of my team, I mean, I've got money in the bank with my current wildcard draft. So there's probably no reason I need to go quite that low in budget with that midfield option. So I don't think I need to go with him. And, and I'm looking at Everton thinking, I just don't trust any of you. I don't trust any of you to return. I wouldn't want any of you beyond this double. And I think that's the key thing for me is that with Everton, Bernie's different because like you say, there are going to be other doubles, including the one that they're going to have in 33. But with Everton, yes, there are going to be other doubles, but I'm not seeing any upside from them. Like I'm really just not seeing any consistency of, of performances um you know Dominic Calvert-Lewin would normally be if I did in seasons gone by if somebody said to me Everton have got a double game with Cameron up Dominic Calvert-Lewin would have been right up there with the players that I'd have gone I'd have got I'll go for Calvert-Lewin but I've been bitten by this before I went with Dominic Calvert-Lewin before this season and it's just not gone well and I'm not seeing anything from him so for me, I think, you know, my next question, as you would have seen when I sent you over, what we were going to talk about was who are your top three targets be for game week 31? And but I didn't specify in there that they had to be double game week players because my view is they're probably not. I mean, yes, their course, I think is probably in there because, because moving forward, he has other doubles to follow, but I don't think he is essential by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think you should be ripping your team up. And like you've mentioned, you know, Cancelo, I think is a far better top target for this week than anyone that you'll get across the doubles. Absolutely. I, I think, I mean, I, I'll come to the double targets, but but Cancelo for me is the number one target simply because he plays Burnley and that's their city's annual festive fixture of goals. <laughs> uh, and he's going to be involved. And, and, you know, I don't expect Burnley to score in that fixture. So you're just getting Cancelo for the rest of the season. And that's what I'm going to do. That was my priority transfer. Yeah. Uh, James, you can still argue... You know, is he is he fit? Is he going to be? Uh, he, they play Real Madrid, I think, the the, the midweek after uh, game week thirty one. Yeah. Uh, so will he actually rest? So there's some question marks, and I can still understand people who would hesitate. I have James, so I'm happy to own him, but Cancelo would be my number one in terms of doubles. I think Gordon is actually the best option. Uh, you know, weirdly <laughs> from from Everton, uh, because he's playing in an attacking role. So from that point of view, it's very rare to have a 4.5 midfielder who's playing in an attacking role. He was the one winning the free kicks. He was the one, I think he took that free kick as well, um, uh, that um, basically in the Newcastle game. So mm. actually I was on I was on Gordon watch just in case I, I wanted to go there. I think he's fine on a wild card. He, you get the double this week. Now you may have a benching dilemma, but you know, you if if Salah, for example, we hear that he's rested or whatever, you you have an option to just throw on, or or you may even want to play him. I think he's fine, and then he doubles in thirty three for your bench boost. So I think he's for me a, a good option. And then the third one is very tricky. I mean, I wouldn't go Pickford uh, because the Everton defense looks awful. 
Um, I would maybe say Pope, because again, we're talking about the defense. I don't want to take up a defensive slot for a Roberts or a Tarkowski, uh, but maybe Pope. But then Ramsdale has been so reliable and some of the other keepers are much better. Pope is pretty expensive. Mm. I'm struggling for a third, uh, third option. It's difficult. It's definitely difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think for most people looking at game week 31 would not be high on my priority list going into, which is a ridiculous thing, given that I'm here talking to you about game week 31. But I think, you know, for me anyway, if, if your if your sole focus is on game week 31, then you must have some real issues in your team that you're trying to fix. But I would be looking a bit more long-term because I don't think Burnley and Everton are the players that you want long-term between now and the end of the season. Whereas I do think Chelsea, Manchester City, Liverpool, Spurs and Arsenal, if you aren't already invested, they're the sort of teams that you are going to want to be invested in between now and the end of the season. And if you don't have Kane, then that's going to have to become a priority. If you don't have you know, James or a Chelsea defender, you will want a Chelsea defender between now and the end of the season, whether that's playing it safe and going Rudiger or, or taking a bit more of a risk and going James, whether, you know, we've got to keep an eye on Liverpool, of course, because we've got potential injuries with Trent and with Salah. So we just need to monitor what's happening there over the international break and see what's happening. Because if you, if you know, if clock comes back after international break and says Trent's out for three weeks, then suddenly that is a problem that you've got to deal with because yeah. are you gonna, even with this amount of money that I've owned Trent since day one and I had no plans ever to sell Trent between now and the end of the season. In fact, he would probably have been the first name that made it into my team sheet for the next season. Like I, I've been that keen to keep him forever, but if yeah. he's injured for three, for three weeks or more, then at this point of the season, that's difficult. And then you're talking about a bit of a change to go to Robertson probably instead. Now, all of that stuff for me would take a hundred percent priority over investing in Everton and Burnley. So yes, I think if you've got, if you've got wild cards to play fine, like I have, bring somebody in if you've got a perfect team where nobody's injured and, and there's no flags and there's no issues then yes go with Everton and Burnley if like you they are a great enabler to get you somewhere else because you're taking Jimenez down to their course which allows you to get Cancelo I think that's yeah. perfect but I wouldn't just think oh I'll take Jimenez down well Jimenez is different because Jimenez to, Can uh, to their course actually makes loads of sense this time around but you know I, I wouldn't rip my team up to go with anybody else. I think that's that's the key with it. Sell an Arsenal mid for uh, Gordon. I, I don't think that's advisable. Yeah, I think I think we're on the same page. Yeah, brilliant. All right. Well, the all-important question then before I let you go, and obviously we're a long way out from game week 31 yet. Yeah, lots can happen over international break. But who are you currently planning to captain? Because most people will go with, the, oh, it's a double game week. I, I really must captain a double game weeker. Uh, we've all been there before with Veghorst. I'm not going there again. I'm going to captain a single game weekend, but who's currently up there as your kind of top target for captaincy this time? It has to be Salah. I think I think this will be the first week that we can remember in memory. And this is where we think, you know, the whole induction is complete for the FPL community, that you don't have to chase the double. Yeah. And I think this will be the week where we'll see people overwhelmingly captain Salah. And, and I think even if there is rumours of Salah not starting, and I'm not suggesting there will be, but because it's such a packed schedule, he's basically had this toe issue. Um, mm. If there is any, I think Sun at home to Newcastle is just as good. Yeah, I mean, and I, I'm in with you on that. I think, you know, Salah is the obvious choice this time around. He's got Watford at home. You don't get much nicer fixture than yeah. Watford at home. And I certainly wouldn't bank Veghorst to do better 
in a double game week that involves Manchester City, then I would. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're, yeah, exactly. You're basically saying I'm going to captain Vekost in a single game week because I don't think he's getting anything against City. So, yeah, Salah, I think Son and Kane are up there. I do. I think, you know, Newcastle have been significantly better um, of late. You know, I've been really impressed by them and I thought they were really unlucky not to beat Everton in midweek last week. But I do think that Son and Kane at home are a bit of a force and they could do really well, particularly after the international break and the motivation that having beat West Ham in game week 30 would have given them to drive to the end of the season. You know, they are that bit closer now. They've moved a stage on than they were before having having lost those games against Burnley. My goodness, how we lost those games. But anyway, um, so yeah, I agree with you. I think it'll be Salah for me and I'll be vicing Kane probably in that one. Same, same. But, but don't captain a double game weaker. I think that's what we're both saying. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Amazing. Press, thank, thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, absolute oh. pleasure. Hopefully I'll have you back between now and the end of the season or, or if not in pre-season to work out what on earth we're doing for the 22-23 season. No, it's brilliant. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, it's you know, doing a, and obviously podcast listeners don't know, don't know this, we're doing this in the evening. And for me, UK time evening is such a better time than burning questions when I have to do it in the <laughs> middle of my workday. Uh, so no, thank you for for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, brilliant. Well, that's it for today's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next week. We'll be looking at the international fixtures that have been played so far and looking ahead in a bit more detail at Burnley and Everton's double game week in game week 31. Thanks, guys.